Today we're talking about uh, faith, how we share our faith. Um, as we talk about that this morning, I want to ask you to ask yourself a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being absolutely uncomfortable, not going to do it, to 10 being completely comfortable, how would you rate your level, your comfort level, in talking about your faith with other people? How would you rate yourself? One being totally uncomfortable, 10 being, yeah, that's exactly what I love to do. I do well with that. You know, a lot of people rate themselves pretty low. And if you're someone that, you know, is more on the lower end of the scale, there's some basic reasons that most people give in terms of why they're reluctant to share their faith. The first is that uh, we don't know enough about our faith to share it. We, we just don't feel like we've got enough sense of the content of, of what needs to be shared. Or we're afraid that the other person will have questions we can't answer. I mean, once the faith question is raised, oh my goodness, you know, we're, we're on the spot, right? Or we don't want our friends to think that we're weird or judgmental. Or we don't want to force someone to believe something against their will. And we certainly don't want to set ourselves up to be in an embarrassing situation. You may have other reasons why you are reluctant or I am reluctant to share our faith. Today, um, I, I want us to talk about our personal faith being linked in two different ways. That our faith is linked to a community of faith, the church. And our faith is linked to Jesus Christ. And my hope is that when you walk away this morning, you have a sense of, uh, a greater sense of confidence of the content of your own faith story. You're able to articulate, you're able to say that. And uh, that you're not, feel like you've got to be coercive or embarrassed to share your faith with other people. You know, I want to start with a confession that I am embarrassed with the way that some Christians seem to share their faith. I'm really not a bullhorn advocate. Um, I'm not an advocate of those who shout down or shout out faith or kind of in-your-face kind of approach. It's my personal view that when we do that, we tend to diminish the view that most people have of Jesus and the church. But I also want to say this. I think some of us, we just settle on not sharing anything. And frankly, I don't know which is worse. Those who misrepresent Christ or have a tone or, or talk about Christ in a way that Jesus never seemed to talk to people, or people who never talk about Jesus at all and claim to be disciples and followers of His, that, that there's a sense of excitement and vitality that we can't not share our faith. So today, we're going to talk about how that our personal faith is rooted in a beautiful community, the church, as well as in faith in Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that's most critical in having a vital faith is to being connected to other people of faith. 
to be a part of a church family. If we're a part of a church family that's toxic or unhealthy or legalistic or harsh, uh, chances are we're not going to be the kind of a Christian that thrives and flourishes. But if we are a part of a community that truly is welcoming and inviting and warm and accepting and loving and reflective and hopeful of Jesus, then we're going to flourish and we're going to be invitational to other people. How, how can you be a part of a family, your biological family, that's toxic or dysfunctional and be a healthy person? We can't. If we're toxic in our household, if we live in unhealthy relationships, if we got to decide whether we're going to leave that system, get out of that system, or we're going to be a healthy person in changing that system. The same way with the church. And so we're called, all of us, to make the church, the community of faith, something that is reflective and beautiful and different than the way in which people experience the world. So let's look at some scripture together. And as we look at these scriptures from Colossians chapter 1, we, we capture the essence of what our faith is rooted in. And we also recognize that when the scriptures are written to people in the New Testament, are they written primarily to individuals or are they written to communities of faith? Which is it? It's not a trick question. <laughs> it's written to a community of faith. Most of the epistles are written to a whole group of people, a church gathered. And so I hope as we look at these scriptures this morning, we see them in a way that is for all of us. It's not just about me, it's about all of us. Let's look at these scriptures together from Colossians 1. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, you have heard of this hope before the word of the truth, the gospel, that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. And so this is a scripture that is about sharing our faith, sharing our love, sharing the hope that we have in Jesus. And the way in which we can share faith in a dynamic way is to invite people into a community of faith, the church. One of the things that we did last year was to launch Church at the Center, a faith community here on campus. And that church has grown in just uh, less than a year to 100 participating people in that congregation. And about a half a dozen people already have come to faith in Jesus Christ. And one of the things that's amazing about new churches is that people are invitational. They still invite other people. 
When was the last time you invited someone to worship with you? When was the last time you invited someone into your group or your fellowship, your class? When was the last time you invited someone to serve with you? See, the beautiful thing about the gospel is that when it comes alive in us, we cannot keep it to ourselves, and we're warm, and we're open, and we're invitational. That's what Church at the Center is experiencing. And today, I want us to watch a video where Mary Accord shares her faith. She tells her faith story. She's one of those persons that has come to faith in Jesus, has been baptized the past year, and she talks about the way that God has transformed her life. As we listen to her story, I want to invite you to write down some phrases, some words, some descriptions that she gives that you think are compelling and genuine and real. Let's watch. I was a non-believer this time last year. I thought God was a fairy tale. Grown-ups made up to be able to get through life. And uh, back in July, I had my kids with me and running low on food and utilities were out of the house. And I came to church at the center to get something to eat because it was one less meal that I had to buy. And by the time that we, when we were walking in, it was, oh, let's go get this over with and get something to eat. By the time that we left, we couldn't wait to come back the next Sunday. Um, it was actually second Sunday would have been, was the next Sunday when we did the apartments across the street. And uh, started feeling some changes then, and, but I had already set my own path. <laughs> I was going to Utah. And uh, it wasn't until the last week of July when I already had my bus ticket and school planned out, and I was leaving at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning. And I came to the Wednesday night lunch meeting just because I wanted to be at church again, and I just felt a weight and a nauseated feeling every time I thought about leaving. And even though I was, if I stayed, I had no job, no house, didn't know what I was going to do. That was when I finally found peace. I am praying for forgiveness for somebody I never thought that I would even consider wanting anything good for. And I'm not quite to meaning all of it yet, but I still pray for him every day. And so that for me is absolutely huge. <laughs> With the way that I was brought up, I don't have the blood family, but I finally feel like I belong somewhere that even when you don't you don't have to call on people for them to know that something's wrong and reach out for you and vice versa. It's just, I feel very comfortable and happy when I'm at the church or with the people from the church and talking about the church and bringing people into the church. I love that. <laughs> it's part of who I am. People talk to me and want to know what it is that I do. It's just natural. People would ask me, what, what do you do? outside of work. <laughs> I go to church and Wednesday nights, the uh, recovery meetings and stuff and talking to people about that. And it was just a few weeks ago that I had some people come up to me after weeks of nothing and want to know about the recovery meetings and got quite a few people from work coming to church now. I 
just tell them it's someplace I don't have to worry about being judged. And it's very much a come as you are and you'll find a place. Let them know that if it's not for them, it's not for them. They're not expected anything of them just for coming. I never thought I would be the person that was out there talking about it all the time. And I just, I gave my life to God and <laughs> gave him control, which is hard for me to do because I like to have backup plans for the backup plans. And But once I did that, it just, it was just like talking about my kids or, you know, what are you, you going to have for dinner tonight? Like, it was just easy. Um, the gospel is good news, and that is a really good way of putting it. Like, my life has turned completely around. Thank you for allowing Mark to go forward with this, because without Church at the Center and coming, I don't know where I would be. There's nothing uh, coercive about Mary's talk. She's not embarrassed to share her faith. She comes off very natural and genuine. I don't know what you wrote down or what you observed in terms of as she was sharing about her faith, but here are some things that I noticed that in Mary's description of the faith community through Church at the Center. This first one is, is, is huge. I don't have a blood family. I now feel like I belong somewhere. There's a lot of people that don't they don't have a family, or they don't have a wholesome family, or they don't have a healthy family. But Mary's got one now because she's a part of a community of faith that's healthy, that's vital. She has a sense of belongingness. Everyone is hungry for a family somewhere to belong. She says, I don't have to worry about being judged. She doesn't have to worry about stepping into a place where people are going to look at her based on her appearance or size her up. She also said, I'm bringing people to church. She's invitational. And people are coming to her. There's something that's about her, about her spirit, that's genuine and real in her workplace, in her life, that's attracting people to her. And she's invitational about that. And she doesn't know where she would be without church at the center. She reminds us that all of us thrive when we're a part of a faith community or a group of people that's real and good and beautiful. You know, there's a movement where most people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And the movement goes like this. We first belong somewhere. Then we believe. And then we behave differently. Most people come to faith by having a sense, this is where people can accept me. These are the kind of folks I want to hang out with. I feel like I can be myself here. I don't have to put on pretense. I can be real. So there's a sense of belongingness that is established first. And then once someone feels like they belong in this community, and this is a part of who they are, even if they have not yet had faith, it's just like kind of one day you wake up and you think, wow, I believe this stuff too. It can be a, a dramatic moment or it can be just something that subtle that you come to believe in the good news of Jesus because you have ex experienced the good news of Jesus through other people. And then you begin to behave differently. God 
continues to change us, right? Transformation happens. But you know what? Sometimes in the church, we have gotten it all wrong. We have said to people, get your act together first. Shape up. And then you can come to Jesus, or then you can come to church. But you know, spirituality oftentimes is messy. And those of us who've got faith, got Jesus, can we accept messiness? Can we accept people where they are? Can we love people regardless? And somehow just invite people in and live Jesus in such a way that people catch Jesus from us. And then Jesus is the one that changes us. It's not me changing myself and my own effort. No, it's me inviting Jesus in. And then I'm just starting to behave differently because I think differently, because I feel differently, because I'm different. So the first part of sharing faith, I believe, is you're a part of a good and beautiful community. One of the things that James Bryan Smith says in this chapter on the hopeful community is that it takes 28 months, 28 months for a typical person who hears first the good news of Jesus before they walk in and they step and walk through that door of faith themselves. So it's a process. And people come to believe by hanging out with people that are genuine and real like Jesus. Well, the second part of our faith certainly is it's linked to Jesus. It's linked to this personal faith in Jesus Christ. As we talk about that, uh, what is Christ doing for me? What has Christ done for me? And what is Christ doing in me? You know, faith sharing does involve talking with others about Jesus. Because Jesus is central to our faith. It's talking about the basic good news that God loves us. And God has sent His only Son to this world. That if we believe in Him, we place our faith in Him, we won't perish, but have eternal life. It means that we believe in this Jesus who sacrificially gave Himself up on the cross for us and raised, was raised from the dead. Now, I've heard that story thousands of times. But it is that faith in that historical event of Jesus in which our hope is rooted in. That Jesus gave his life up for us sacrificially on the cross. And then he was raised from the dead. And part of the good news that we share is not just this historical event, but it's, it's what happened to Jesus has happened to us. In other words, the old guy, the old person that I once was, is dead. I love the modes of baptism, all three. The mode of immersion has a powerful expression where as someone goes down into the water, the old person dies. And the new person is raised, comes up out of the water. And so the scripture tells us 
that when we come to Jesus, we let the old person die and the new person is raised. So our faith is rooted in Jesus. And then I think we talk or we live this life where our love for other people grows. You know, it's easy to love people that are like us. It's easy to love people that like us. But what about the people that are different? What about the people that we don't agree with? What are the people that may not even like us? What about them? You know, when you first come to Jesus and you have a dramatic conversion experience, and some of us do come that way, it's like you have this love poured into your heart, and you have all this enthusiasm, you really have this initial love. It's kind of like infatuating with a girl or a guy. I mean, at first, whoo, it is nuts, isn't it? But it, it diminishes, right? <laughs> it ebbs and flows. But a real love for other people grows as we mature in Christ. It's kind of like what James Bryan Smith says when he, the day he ate all that garlic, he thought it was sautéed potatoes, but it was uh, cloves of garlic, and he came home, and his wife asked him at the dinner table, what did you eat today for lunch? I had potatoes. No, you didn't. You had garlic. And he showers that night, and he brushes his teeth, and he gargles, and he gets up the next morning, and he showers, and he gargles, and he brushes his teeth. And yet the next morning, Sunday morning in church, she leans into him and says, you still smell like garlic. Jesus has got to get inside of us for the good news to be realized. He's got to come out of our pores. And so part of the good news, part of the faith sharing is you don't fake it. You are who you are. You own your sin. You own your shortcomings. But you know what? You, you kind of expect and anticipate Jesus coming alive in you. And when that happens, oh my goodness, people seek us out. It's like the scripture says, you put off the old clothes and you put on the new clothes. And you take off anger and malice and envy and hatred and jealousy. And you put on compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience and the all-purpose garment of love. That something is happening to us, and people around us sense it too. You know, you can argue against all kinds of tenets of faith, but you can't argue against a changed life. And then there's hope, the hope we have in heaven. You know, I don't know about you, but as I'm getting older, I've got more interest in this. <laughs> I think sometimes I've failed as a pastor not to talk enough about heaven, about this whole idea of a new heaven and a new earth that awaits us, that's coming down. The kingdom of God is here, yes. We get a taste of Jesus, yes, in this life. Yes, we are changed now, but there is heaven. There is a new heaven, a new earth where things are going to be exactly the way God wants it to be. It's going to be returned to that garden, that paradise, where God set things up that way in the first place. And it's that hope of heaven that helps me not to put my finger in the wind and just become like anything else. 
or anybody else or the way the culture's going or just, it's that hope in Jesus and eternal life that I look forward to that grounds me and helps me know who I am no matter what else is going around me. I have someone very close in my life, and he's messed up a lot. He's, he's made a lot of bad choices. And he talks about when he was a kid, he, he used to dream about going to all these places in the world, all these things he's going to do. But frankly, because of his choices, he doesn't have a lot of options anymore. But then he said this, but I'm looking forward to the next world and the next life where I get to do all these crazy things with God. Because the scripture says, you know, the eye has not seen or the ear has not heard, nor has it entered into us. We can't even begin to think or imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And when our hope is settled in that, we can handle anything. Well, this morning, I want to invite you to think about how you share your faith. If you're not a person of faith this morning, I just hope in some way this message has been helpful to you, and you're welcome here. We, we love you. I like to think that people cannot do anything to keep us from loving them because we can't do anything to keep God from loving us, so we just as well be like God. But I do hope, if you're a person of faith, that you're always ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you in a spirit of gentleness. James Bryan Smith lays out seven things or seven ways in which we can be thinking about sharing our faith. He says number one is we can pray. Pray that God will send people in your life and God will. Watch for people that's already in your life. Be aware of them. Have eyes to see and ears to hear when they pop up. Reach out. Reach out to people. Be aware of people around you. And then uh, really listen. Listen to people. Listen to their story. Listen to what's going on in their life and care for them as someone for whom Christ has died. And then connect, just, just connect their story with the good news we have in Jesus. Because I have found that everybody I meet needs faith, hope, and love. And somewhere along the way, if I'm just listening and I care for them, I can connect their story with God's story, the Jesus story. And I can share my faith in a way that's not coercive, in a way that's not embarrassing, that's not scripted. People can look through a script real quick, but real. And I can invite people based on where they are in that conversation. I can invite them to worship I can invite them to a good and beautiful community. I can invite them to Jesus. I can invite them to faith.
The rest is up to the Holy Spirit and to them. For a few moments as the band comes, we're going to sing another time of worship. I want to invite you to take a few moments in this My Story sheet. Would you, would you scribble down some thoughts, maybe some words or phrases that's true of you? Maybe it's a graphic. Maybe it's just a picture that begins to shape for you how you are going to be ready to share your faith with other people whenever and wherever that might happen. Take a few moments to do that before we enter to this final time of worship.